What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, well, it's Sunday night. Technically, it's August 5th, but it's Sunday night. You guys listen to episode 121, and um, I have a great episode for you guys. It's been crazy, so uh, there's going to be a couple of changes from what I said. Like, I'm not going to be able to do the unacceptable contest this week uh, just because it's been nuts. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Got a lot of um, got a lot of cool you know stories to tell you guys, or or just to let you guys in on um, what's going on in my personal life with the new house, which is amazing. I don't even know where it's just great. I'm really thrilled about that. Did see a movie. Got some stuff to talk about with that. Um, some stuff going on with sports and a rod and a ban on on that dude who's just an idiot. And um, a lot of stuff. But first, as always, got to start the podcast off with my sponsor, the Verzi Effect Podcast Show, sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Download the free app on your iPhone today. Butterfly Radio allows you to listen to um, all your favorite podcasts, send audio messages up to five minutes to your favorite podcast, and you could get an audio message back. You could also register for your own podcast, um, multiple podcasts, if you want it on um, ButterflyRadio.com. And it's new and improved act really easy uh, app. I'm sorry, and uh, really Im- improved, and uh, you can listen to a ton of great, great podcasts on there, from uh, Florentine to to Jay Moore's to Ralphie Mays, uh, Joe Matarese says, of course, the Verzi effect. So um, enjoy it, download it, and. Um, you know, I hope you uh, you utilize it, especially if you are a big time podcast uh, listener or fan. Okay, now uh, I, I I wanted to, as you guys know, I mentioned on the last podcast that uh, I spent uh, so much time in Montreal, and then then the flight getting canceled and all that shit. So it was nuts. I was out there for about you know oh, 11, 12 days, whatever it was, and um, so what I wanted to do was come home and. I wanted to take a break for just like two, three days. I really didn't care to write a joke. I didn't want to, you know, I did 14 shows in 10 days out there, just all insane, amazing shows, and, you know, just wanted to not think of writing a joke and doing all that, and then um, I had the, um, I had an audition for Late Night, I had an audition for uh so something with Comedy Central, I had all, all kinds of stuff going on, and then I got booked on a gig, so I had basically got home and did exactly what I didn't want to do, which was jump right into things. But of course I had to, and I was thankful to get the auditions and all that shit. So then, um, finally when the showcases were done, they asked me, Hey, do you want to come in on Friday? Another club asked me if I wanted to do something on Sunday. And I was just like, you know what, as much as I do, and I want to, you know, just get up and you, you know, you hate as a comic Anytime you're like, ah, you know what, I appreciate you trying to go out of your way to get me another spot, but I really, really needed to spend time with my kids. I wanted to spend time with my kids, um, my family, so much going on with the new house, so much was going on. We closed on the house when I was in Canada, so I had to, you know, sign a bunch of papers and do stuff um, before I left, and, and just, just craziness with, with everything going on. My wife, absolute champ, just a trooper, dealing with so much shit, and the kids, and getting them to to where they needed to be and, and, and taking care of the house stuff and, you know, shopping for furniture and texting me furniture. And it was just, she was amazing, man. Amazing. And just, holy shit, man. My wife is a soldier. It's insane. 
you know, just amazing how she held held everything down, and you know, we were getting um, we were getting the um, you know, house painted. Now the house was like. I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but the person we bought the house from was so meticulous and, you know, just just insane with everything, just really anal with stuff and just great. Um, the house was immaculate, but my wife wanted to change some colors. So the only thing that really needed to be done in this house is if you wanted to change colors, which we did. And, um, and we redid floors. And holy shit, man, I went to my house today and, I mean... I just was amazed. It was one of the most amazing, you know, coming from a place where I was in a condo. I always joked about it. You got to see neighbors you don't give a shit about. They want you to go to the meeting. You got to see their dogs. People give you looks. You, you just, you, you know, you feel like you come home with groceries and people in fucking three, you know, 308 know you went shopping and have food. It just sucked. You know, it sucked, and I, you know, that that dog with the muzzle on its snout, that joke that I do was just real, you know, seeing those people, and just a growling pit bull in our complex, and don't get me wrong, our complex was great, I mean, it really was, it was great for us for five years, and we enjoyed it, but I gotta tell you, um, going into the country, up on a mountain, and just having this land, and this amazing, unbelievable house brought my brother up there, and it is was so incredible, and felt so good to um, to just have your own space. And we're out there, and we're in the backyard, and we're looking at gardens and trees that we have, and I mean, have a lot of uh, property. And um, as we're looking at stuff and we're hanging out, neighbor comes over. The guy was hilarious, so funny. He just comes over, and he's in a bathing suit. He was like, yeah, I know this is a little unorthodox the way I'm coming up, but I just wanted to give you this. And gives us a cake that says welcome on it. Just such a nice gesture. The guy was hilarious sitting there in like a fucking teal bathing suit. Was, you know, And he, he's just such a nice guy. And it was just such a nice gesture. And he's telling us about the deers that come around and, and all kinds of shit like that. And it was so cool, man. I enjoyed it. And it was just great. And tomorrow... Uh, Tomorrow is going to be our first, um, you know, night there. So, but it's all ready to go and incredible. So, um, I'm really looking forward to that. I, you know, and I don't even care about a commute up to the country. I don't care. Even if I'm driving into Manhattan every night, screw that. You go into the greatest city in the world. You live your dream. You tell jokes, you make people laugh, you come home and you come to your own shit. You cannot put a price tag on it. You can't. You can't. I'm going to get a couple of wild dogs to fucking be police officer guards at my house. So, um, yeah, it was it was awesome. Epic, as they say. I think that that would be appropriate. So that's going down tomorrow. And with just everything and taking care of the kids and running around, it was nuts. Um, so anyway, if I wanted to talk, what I wanted to talk about on this, um, <laughs> on this podcast is, is, is a bunch of stuff, you know, do a little bit of entertainment shit. I want to talk about entertainment, some things that, um, came up, some good conversation, good shoot the shit stuff. 
So, uh, you know, I hope you guys are sitting back and relaxing and enjoying the Verzi effect. And, and thank you. And by the way, I just, just so you guys know, I did get some, some feedback and, and some, uh, you know, just the, the questions and the things that you guys have said, um, either on Butterfly or just about, um, you know, what's been going on lately with me. I, I just, again, as always, I just want to reiterate my, 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 just being thankful for the support and, you know, um, the congratulations on Montreal and all that stuff and some incredible things that have happened. So uh, it's it's been amazing. So thank you, and don't think that I, I don't get those uh, comments. And know, know who you are, quite frankly, because I know the names, and I, I really do appreciate uh, everything. So please keep that coming and keep, you know, sending comments out on the show because, you know, this thing has been going on over, been doing the Verzi Effect podcast now for... I, I, you know, I want to look back, but I want to say it was winter. I want to say it was winter, definitely cold when I started a couple of years ago. And if I did it every week, and this is episode 121, I probably had missed a handful of them in the course of that time, but not many. So, yeah, this is, this is just going great, and um, I love doing this. So thank you again, as always. Uh, something weird happened that I wanted to talk about. I did an audition for a late night, and uh, it was like the third time they were looking at me, and they, they like me, and we're, we're, we're going back and forth and stuff, which is awesome, and I'm, I'm grateful. And I heard some of the funniest, I never heard a critique, but I got this critique, and I wanted to share it, because um, comedians will know what I'm talking about, people who, I guess, people who you know, don't know comedy, aren't stand-ups, they, they may, you know, not understand, but I'll explain, and then actually it did make sense afterwards, but a critique that I got after doing a great set and killing was, yeah, you know, we really like Paul, and, and, you know, we want to work with him and stuff, but we just felt on his last audition, again, which I killed, we just felt on his last audition, he was too comfortable, and I looked at my manager, and we kind of were just, I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, it was just, you know, it seemed like he was a little too comfortable. And I was like, I don't even know, A, what to say to that, or B, how to fix that. Like, I'm just like, like that's the way you want, like, it's almost impossible to get that as a critique, as something negative. But then I figured it out. We figured it out together, but I, I kind of, we, you know, we, we kind of sat down and go, okay, I get it, and we asked some questions, and here's what it was. Um, and, I mean, it's probably the best critique you could get. I mean, as far as if anyone's going to say something like that, and they're just like, yeah, we want to work with you, and we think you're hilarious. We just want, you know, th this. Here's the thing. I think that since I had just come back from Montreal, comedy festival 14 shows 10 days and of course there's such pressure gigs in montreal because everywhere you go all over the damn venues there's industry so you'll just be ready to go on stage and you'll see huge network people standing there so that's that's what i think you know was was going on and since i was so relaxed even in montreal when i got back i was like a five, six minute set, man, I'm just going to go have fun and, and do what I do, and I think I just was so chill, so kind of just like, ah, yeah, let's have fun, 
And with a late night set, sometimes you got to kind of be, I'm not going to say robotic, but you got to be more like, I guess, like really like on the time with the punchlines and kind of standing in one spot and just boom, boom, boom. And I was just like, you know, just really in it, flowing it in a way that maybe I get, or, or especially for this particular late night TV uh, talk show. So that was something, and I and I I was like, wow, I've never heard that before. I've never heard. Yeah, it's too comfortable. We like him. He's too comfortable. Like, you know, of course, like, what do they want you to be? Not comfortable, but no, I get it. I think that's what it was. I think it was more just like hope, like so relaxed and just maybe like the way I was wording things. I was just so calm and used to just flowing out a certain way. And I could, it should have been more like, and then, then this happened, boom, and then, then this happened, and, boom, and then, you know, whatever, and then get the, you know what the fuck I'm saying. Anyway, so that, that was a little weird. Uh, that was one little entertainment thing going on, a little insider, little uh, little inside shit that I was going through that I would like to share with the TVE listeners. Another thing that I definitely wanted to talk about in this um, episode was entertainment or, or, or actually, I'm going to put it this way, okay? I think that anything you do that takes a really long time to master and you make a career out of it, you need to go about it a certain way. Like Chris Rock had a bit where he was like, some people have jobs and some people have careers. And you either have a job or you have a career where you build it, build it, and you grow it and stuff like that. Or you go to work every day, you know, you clock in, you clock out, you do what you do, and that's it. And that's great. But... There's two. There, there's there's a certain way that you need to go about things. A lot of people are like, yeah, you know, I do this or I do music or I, I yeah I do comedy. I just started doing open mics and I'm a comedian too or somebody that's trying to do, you know, com uh, uh, you know music or you know in a band, but you know they're working at like fucking, you know, they're they're they're, they're working at a muffler spot or they're they're working at a a tire spot or whatever i don't know why i'm using car places those are the first things that popped in my mind it's late people okay i'm fucking moving in i'm traveling i got kids fuck off no but i think i think that what happens is there are people that just do it as a hobby and then there are people that think they're really doing it but they're not doing it i guess what i'm trying to say is the thing that we were talking about was or what I said was, there's people who do it, and then there's people who live it. So I guess the serious note of this podcast, and then we, you know we're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff. Like I said, saw a movie, so want to talk a rod, got some shit to talk about. So you know I, I'm not. This is not going to be a crazy serious, but I just wanted to mention that you either do something occasionally or whatever and then that can be your hobby or or you say that you do it but it really is just a hobby because you do it now and then and then you or you live it and living it is that shit that is just like you do it every day you work on it every day you want it every day it dominates your thoughts it dominates your you what what you do when you're not when you're not resting, when you're not, you know, in a, a relaxed leisure mode, it's like, holy shit, I got to get this done. So basically, you got to ask yourself, do you do shit that you love 
or do you live it and is it, are you making it what you want to do? And that's the difference. Because I just get annoyed or when people are like, uh, yeah, I do this, I do that, you know. And then like you see them serving, serving coffee or they're, they're, they're just doing something else. And then you're like, oh, no, but they're and – the, and the worst is when they're really talented. You know, that's the worst. Like when you see somebody really talented and they could do it, and then, but they're not. You know, they're not. They're just like, or they're not living it. They do it occasionally, and then they're like, yeah, but this, yeah, but that. Oh, I'm going to do this. That annoys the shit out of me. It really does. You know, if you've got talent and you want to do something, do it. Just go full-fledged and do it. If you know where you're at and what it's going to be, and it's never going to be a certain thing, then that's fine to say, yeah, I do this occasionally. I do that. But don't portray it as something if you're not really, you know, because the only way to take it to the next level is live it to the point where it could actually make you hurt in your personal life, where it could make you, you have to really go, holy shit, man, my priorities, like I got I to gotta figure this out because I want this so bad and I'm going to do this. So that's the only thing. That, that was, that's like the only kind of thing I want to really get into entertainment on this episode. So do you do it or do you live it? Two different things. That's it. Short, sweet, boom. Be a good t-shirt. Don't do it. Live it. Ooh. It's like in Forrest Gump when he was running, stepped in shit. He goes, oh, man, you just stepped in a big shit. He goes, it happens. Uh, <laughs> okay. Moving on. Moving on, everybody. Um, sports. I have not talked about sports a lot on the podcast, but on this episode, I'm going to. By the way, this is episode 121 with your... Host me, Paul T. Verzi the first. Alex Rodriguez, they're thinking about what they're going to do with this ban. Has this guy not been a fucking disaster? I said it once and I will say it again. When a grown man in his late 20s frosts his tips, it's a wrap. That's the guy with the spray tan on the beach. That's the guy who, you know, wore spandex when it was popular in the NBA, but he didn't play basketball. He just wore them. You know, that's the guy who, like, I, I don't even know. I was only going to say tries to surf, but that wouldn't make sense. But I think you maybe <laughs> would get what I was saying. Alex Rodriguez has been nothing but a pretty boy disaster. And then to find out that the one year he stepped up as a Yankee in 2009, which he had clutch home run. He was just a monster in the playoffs, monster in the World Series, all of that shit. To find out that that's the year that he was meeting with people and he was taking stuff is just so, you know. I mean, listen, lifetime ban might be a little much, but, like, if this guy just goes away, it's better. What's he going to do? Is he going to put on a uniform at Yankee Stadium and get up to the plate and everyone's going to love him and for, and no one's going to care that you don't have to tell your kids or that you have to tell your kids all kinds of, yeah, that's him. Well, how come I haven't seen him in a while? Well, here's what he did. Here's what happened. Fucking 8-year-old doesn't know that. 10-year-old doesn't know that. That's why baseball sucks. Baseball is dead, everybody. I'm sorry, baseball fans. It's dead. It's over. It's over. Baseball is dead. Whether you want to believe it or not. And you're talking you're talking about, you know, somebody right now, myself, who has loved sports, especially the main three. Basketball, football, baseball. I'm not a hockey guy, as you guys know. <clears throat> but 
Those three sports I have loved. I loved nothing more than on a weeknight, 7 o'clock, going to Yankee Stadium, watching a ball game, eating a hot dog, grabbing a beer, and watching the Yankees play whoever. I loved it. I did not watch or go once last year. Oh, and I maybe watched three innings of baseball this year. It's just dead, and it's over. Numbers are suffering, and it is actually falling into the category of hockey for me now, where I know players and I know the rules. That is the only difference of, of hockey and baseball to me. It is shitty. It's not, and you know something, and this is going to sound, people are going to think that this is racist or that, and it's not. And if you take it that way, fuck you, seriously. If you really think that, if you've been listening to this show, you know, and, and you know me, and even if you haven't been listening to this show, if you think that, 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 that this is racist, what I'm saying, then you're going to be like, uh, then you don't know me and, and it's just annoying. So fuck off. I'm going to tell you that now. But I got to tell you. And, and they talked about it on, uh, I think it was E60 on ESPN, where they talk about how um, they talked about how there were not enough African Americans in baseball, and like the African Americans went down like 10% in baseball or something, and then you know white dudes were like a low percentage, and then it's like ridiculous, like 70% Latino. But it's just to the point where I don't know if the drugs are coming in from the Latino players because they say that you could get them in the Dominican Republic and all that stuff. But it just seems that baseball is so dominated by, you know, by the Latino player. And now all the steroids come in and I don't know if if it's it's connected, you know, but it's just like, I want to see, I, I came into baseball where it was a nice mix. It wasn't dominated by one. It really wasn't. The, the Yankees, when I first started to watch in, um, in uh, what, what, it, what is it called? Uh, I don't even know. Like It was the first, I'm trying to think of the year here. I remember they had like Roberto Kelly, Gary. I would say it was probably like 87, 88 when I was like, whatever, seven years old, eight years old. And I remember Jesse Barfield, this uh, one of those like Jerry Curl black dudes who had like like the Jerry Curl dudes who, who uh, like the Eddie Murray type guys. He was a right fielder for the Yankees, and he had a cannon of an arm. But Jesse Barfield was there. Gary Ward was there. Uh, Roberto Kelly. Then you had like Dan Pasqua. You had Pasquale Perez. You had, um, it was just this nice mix of black, white, Spanish players, great, like just everybody. And now it just seems like it's so, and and, and, and they talked about it on ESPN too. And, and I think it was like Tory Hunter or one of the African-American players was like, why aren't, you know, it's not because it's not fast paced. It's not, it's not fast paced like football and basketball, fast paced, always moving. It's a slower, methodical, kind of just like standing around. And people want the action. People want the fast shit. And I get that. But they were saying that that's why also inner cities don't have enough baseball parks. So Joe Morgan and those guys are trying to get more of that, which is great. But it just feels like baseball now is. And, and you know, it's not, it's not nothing. Like I said, it's nothing against the, the, the Latino players. It's not. My favorite baseball player of all time is Robinson Cano, second baseman of the Yankees, from Dominican Dominican Republic. Okay, he's from DR. 
I, he's my favorite player of all time. It's not about that. It's just that it's so dominated, and then all the steroids, and then you find out that they could get the steroids over there, and it just seems weird to me. So I, I'm just getting tired of it. It sucks. Baseball is dead. Listen to me. Baseball is dead. I'm a Yankee fan who's had nothing but great shit go on from like 96 when I really was like, like, like nine, well, actually 94, then the strike. They were great in 94. They went to the playoffs in 95, which is Mattingly's last year. Lost in Seattle to that Ken Griffey Jr. team. Mattingly left. One in 96, one in 98, one in 99, one in 2000. And then, you know, had a little bit of a, you know, layoff there for a while. One in 2009. But all these amazing playoff games and rivalry against the Red Sox and the Aaron Boone hitting the home run. All of that shit. And, and now it's just, I'm a Yankee fan. I'm like, I can't do this shit. A-Rod tested positive. Big Poppy is tested positive. This one and that one and all these guys that were like great and doing these things. And then you find out, well, you know what? Baseball needed to come back and the owners and the managers turned their back on it when Sosa and McGuire were doing what they were doing because it brought baseball back and everybody loved it. Then you find out they're cheating and they're like fucking banished from the league. And years later, it's still happening. It sucks. It just sucks. You don't know. I don't want to take my son to Yankee Stadium. I mean, I'll take him to Yankee Stadium and I'll show him Jeter and I'll show him guys that I think aren't cheating and great baseball players and not bring it up. But eventually it's going to come up and be like, well, what happened? What happened with this? What happened with that? And somebody made a great, great point. They said, yeah, it really makes you think now about Pete Rose, right? I would much rather have a baseball player or, or somebody on a team gamble on themselves to win at least. Now granted, you nobody knew if he was gambling on his team to lose. But Gam but he's such an ego. He was such an ego fucking sociopath, narcissistic dude that he would probably just bet on on his team to win. Cause he believed in his team and he was managing. And a guy like that probably wouldn't put money against himself. I I, I couldn't imagine that. Okay? But I would much rather a gambler who's at least not putting shit in his body. I mean, a gambler still has to swing and hit and do everything real, get the ball over the fence, recover from injuries real, than than a guy that sticks a needle in his ass and just turns into the fucking Hulk, you know, for three months. I I would much rather that. So it's really sad, and I kind of figured it out. I can't believe I'm saying this about the top three sport that, that I grew up loving, but it's over. It's over. I was completely wrong, naive, and and foolish to say um, payroll doesn't matter. Payroll matters. I was like one of the, oh, they would still want to come to the Yankees. The Yankees would still get the best players. Maybe there were guys that grew up that, you know, saw Mickey Mantle and guys like that and would still want to be a Yankee if they were great. But when you have... A $200 million payroll. And the Red Sox are to blame now, too. The Mets spend a ton of money. You know, the the, the Angels spend a ton of money. The big market teams. But come on. Chicago, New York, St. Louis, 
you know, the, the California teams. I mean, those are the only teams that are in it. Those are the only teams that can compete. Yeah, you get the Pirates here and there, like they're doing well. You get like you sometimes you get those teams like the Rays who put something together and go on a run. But come on, Yankees been in the playoffs what? Only only missed it once out of the last thirteen years, and you and that's coming from a Yankee fan. So again, it's nothing against the Latino players, but it just seems like they're so dominant. The sport is so dominated with it, and that's where the steroids are coming from. You know, it's it's you don't see, you know, you don't see a nice mix. You don't see a nice mix in the sport anymore. I I just love that's what I love about football. I love that about football. You know, football. That's why the NFL. Once again, another example of why the NFL is the shit. Because you could get some freaking white dude who can't run to save his life. Runs like he's fuck carrying a refrigerator on his back down the sidelines. Like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. They run like they got shit in their pants. But they could throw the ball better than anybody else. It's awesome to see. Then you got some, you know... You know, there, there's some Latino players, you know, linebackers and stuff like that. There's a lot of, you know, you got you get a guy like that. You got a guy like Troy Palomalu, who, I don't know, was he a Hawaiian or whatever he is. And then you get these, you know, sick, you know, defensive ends like DeMarcus Ware and all kinds of guys like that. It, it's, you know, it's just, it's mixed. It's mixed everywhere. You get to see all kinds of different things. Everybody can enjoy it. Plays great to TV. And even if they're on steroids, then all of them are like it's football, so it's just different. Like there's no, it seems like it's even. There's a there's a salary cap. People have to go. People get traded. It's even. A team like the Baltimore Ravens, a team like the Texans, can compete with the you know with the New York teams. With it's just great. Any team can win. The Cleveland Browns can can win. Can go to the play. Well, I mean, they're from Cleveland, so that's probably never going to happen. But you know what I'm saying. That's why it's great. NBA, there is a hard cap, I believe. The NBA, like, yes, you know, the teams are trying to get, like, big two and big threes. But in the NBA, a team like Oklahoma City, Thunder can compete. A team like Golden State Warriors have a good run because it, 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 there's more of a balance. Now, granted, there's not, a mi- there's not too much mixture of, you know, cultures. I mean, let's be honest. The NBA is, you know. But then again, it, it just makes the NBA better. I mean, if you're better... If you're a better athlete, you're going to be on the court. And the bottom line is when it comes to basketball, African-Americans are better athletes. And I'd rather watch a guy be able to jump from the foul and fucking dunk it. I don't care what color he is. But, you know, so going back to the baseball thing, like this A-Rod thing is going to be the talk of sports. They're going to say, oh, did you hear about A-Rod? A-Rod, what's going on with A-Rod? You're going to turn the radio on. Alex Rodriguez, they're still, he's trying to appeal. He's trying to do this. They're thinking about getting rid of him for life. Oh, I think that might be too stiff. How about just, you know, the next uh, season? So he'll miss, uh, he'll come back in uh, 2015. He'll be older. You know, he's probably going to be tarnished, but he's going to get back in baseball. And, you know, you're going to get people to say all kinds of just stupid shit about it. Yeah, well, you know, Alex Rodriguez, you know, it's he's, he's got the appeals and, you know, who knows if he's going to fight it. It's sh- like, I don't want to hear it. The guy cheated multiple times. He's a fucking sociopath. He's a, he's one of those guys that doesn't look at it as like cheating. He looks at it as, oh, everyone's doing it. I'm going to do it too. The guy sucks. 
The guy had was married and just had beautiful girls, beautiful little, and he's he's getting caught. He's getting cameras are taking pictures of him with like other women, and it's like maybe he was leaving, and I don't want to judge him on that level because you never know what's going home. But this is a guy that clearly like thought it's the typical, you know, half a billion dollar athlete thinking he's above the law, and. He's not the only one. All these guys that use that use you know drugs, I, sucks. Like my son, I want to take my son to his first Yankee game. I'm probably gonna this year, but he's young, so I don't have to answer questions. But in a couple of years, he you know, perfect example of this is why it just sucks, and 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 I think it's just over. Let's say my son turns into a baseball nerd and he's 12 years old and he's got the book out and the programs and he wants to know record leaders. What He's going to see Alex Rodriguez in the top of the fucking home run thing and then all of a sudden, what happened? What about this guy? How come nobody's talking about him being the greatest ever? And I gotta, you got to sit and you got to have a, a conversation and then he's going to be like, well, what, I don't know what that means. What about the games that they did count? Was he cheating then and nobody knew? It just sucks. Baseball's dead. It's over. It's over. I I just, I can't. It sucks. It sucks because it, it, it makes you feel like everything you're watching with it is bullshit. It makes you feel like if a guy hits a monumental home run, you have that question. If a pitcher is that good... It's amazing. If nobody gets hurt, oh, what's going on? It's, it's, and you're just like, oh, well, that must mean something. And that's what sucks. It sucks because, you know, you're not getting tackled, so the injuries don't, you know. In the NFL, people, whether you're on steroids or not, and even if they all are, which they probably are, but I think they all would be, or they're all on something. But if a 325-pound, six-foot-four linebacker drills you, I give a shit what you're on. That shit hurts, and it's real, and you see it, and they get up slow, and they got to do it again. And Alex Rodriguez just has a douchebag face, that dumb, blank, stupid look on his face. I hate the way he talks, and he frosts his tips, everybody. He sucks. He sucks. The guy sucks. I don't care how many home runs he hits. How are you going to get caught cheating? And they go, yeah, well, you know, I didn't know what I was putting in my body. I did it with my cousin. And then get caught again and meet up, meet up with somebody again after that. That just goes to show it's like I need to stay on top. I need get $250 million contract. Who gives a shit if you only hit 30 home runs instead of 45 or 50? Who cares if you might get a little injured a little more and you need a break here or there or you go on the DL? You were getting all that money. And who cares if that contract that you got was because of steroids, but instead you're going to do it the right way and instead of it being $250 million, you get ah, $181 million. For putting up consistent 30, 35 home runs and being a beast. It's just so stupid. So, I I gotta, I don't care. You know what? If this, I just want this guy to go away. I do. I do. I don't give a shit what it is. 
Give him a year, give him two years, ban him for life. Just, I don't want to see his frosted tips in a Yankee uniform anymore. I don't. And nothing was better than watching that guy hit a home run in the new stadium because he was he was a righty and he would just drill a ball to left field. And when he skied it, it would be like you in your backyard just hitting a wiffle ball as high and as far as you can. It would just disappear into the night and you would be like, oh my God, that was monument. That was an insane shot. Yankee fans going nuts and he's trotting around the bases. You're like, look at that insane athlete. And it's it's basically all bullshit. And for you people out there, oh, it doesn't make you hit the ball further. They say only like five, scientists say only five feet further. Well, first of all, that means that a lot of times five feet could be getting caught on the warning track. So that is a big deal, number one. And number two, it's not just about that, you in-denial baseball freaky nerd. It's not about that. You know what it's about? It's about recovering, not being injured where you normally would have a tear or a sore and the drug just fucking turns you into an animal and you, you feel fine and then you just go and play again. That's what it is. This guy cheated and it sucks. And you know what's funny? When I think of Yankee championships, I think of 98. The last one I really take seriously was 2000. But 09, I don't take that seriously. I'm just like, yeah, we won it, but we, we paid a lot of money and we had cheaters. Now, some of you guys are probably going, well, baseball's not dead, Paul. Come on, baseball's not dead. I'll tell you this. If it's not dead now, Derek Jeter better never get caught. If Derek Jeter ever got caught doing it, I would say baseball would completely flatline. It would be over. To the point where at this point they might even hide it. That's how big of a deal it would be because the guy doesn't put up Gordy numbers. He's great. He plays tough. He's, he's awesome, but he's on his way out. Mariano's on his way out. It's going to be an ugly time for another reason why the Yankees, it, it's over. But just a steroid whole thing. It just really sucks. It does. I don't want to dwell on it anymore, but I just they're going to talk about it. They keep talking about it. What are they going to do? What's baseball going to do? Everybody knows he cheated. He's a fucking asshole getting a shitload of money. Get rid of him. That's it. All right, I'm done. Sorry. Sorry for the rant, everybody. I just I just can't I can't put on the news, open a newspaper, you know, open my phone. All this shit, look on the computer. I can't and just keep seeing the same thing. Well, baseball doesn't know what to do. Baseball this and baseball that. Baseball's a disgrace. It sucks. Okay, moving on. Movies. I got a movie. That was a big sports section. Now I got a big movie section. Okay, I'm not going to rant and go on as nuts as I did with that, but I'm just sick of that. I'm tired. I'm moving into my new house. I just had to get shit out. All right, everybody, movie time. I saw the horror movie, The Conjuring. Okay? I was going to go and see it when I was in Montreal, but I just I couldn't because I was getting busy and it was nuts. And I told you that I had seen Pacific Rim out there. I wanted to see another one, but I finally got home and I got to see The Conjuring. I saw it last night, late. I saw an 11 p.m. showing of it last night. And there was, I would say... And there's a reason I'm telling you this. Bear with me. But I would say there was two people behind us. Then we were on the lower level. Then there was probably like another. I would say the movie theater might have had like, let's say 25 people. 20 to 25 people in it. 11 o'clock showing, right? I'm excited. I had snacked it out too. Snacked it out. 
Uh, I'm not drinking, by the way. I have not drank since Montreal. It's been going on, uh, was it eight days now without a drink? Trying to still eat good, stay lean, but I think not drinking is going to help that as well. Cutting back on the carbs, trying to get into my girlish figure here, everybody. That's what I'm trying to do. So um, I was at the movies. I haven't seen I was excited to see a good horror movie. I heard great things about this horror movie. So we, we snacked it out. I got the Diet Coke. You know I got to get the Diet Coke. That's an absolute must. So I got the Diet Coke, but I kept going. Because I have the movie card where they swipe the card. And I do that at, at Regal Cinemas. And I went to see Regal at Regal Cinemas. And I got a free, when they swiped it, I got a free small popcorn. So that was a little, and I can't really eat popcorn because I have diverticulitis. If you people don't know what that is, that means that like my, my stomach has a hard time processing sh- like that shit. Seeds and like kernels and you know anything like that can like can hurt me but i was hungry i wanted to snack on shit <laughs> so i was like let me do this so i get my uh my free popcorn i get my coke but you think i was done there no 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 this theater i was at serves sour watermelons sour patch watermelons okay and i'll be damned if i go to a movie And they serve Sour Patch Watermelons. And I don't get me some Sour Patch Watermelons. So I had the watermelon candy. I had the popcorn. I had the Diet Coke. And you think I was done there? No. I was hungry. You know what they had? They had Tyson Chicken Boneless Wings there. Okay, the only disappointment of this snack fest that I had was at the Tyson Boneless Chicken Nuggets. They did not have hot sauce. So I went with their barbecue. And guess what? It was fucking fantastic. It was everything you could ever want in a chicken bite in a movie theater. It was epic. Okay? Epic. So, sitting there, got the snacks. My brother's with me. Uh, he's got his snacks. We're munching away, and we get, we get ready. Movie starts, we're excited, we hear good things about it. And uh, here's what I'll say. Did I like the movie? Yes. Was I entertained throughout? Yes. Did I get scared? Yes. Multiple times. But there is a downfall of this movie. And here's what it is. Okay? It was, it was, listen... It's based on a true story, okay? It, you know, the real family members talked about how the house was haunted. And, um, you know, so I'm like, oh, man, oh, shit. Like, I saw the trailer. I was like, this shit really happened. It's haunted. Weird shit happened in the house. And I'm just thinking to myself, okay, anytime, and I've said this on the podcast before with the movie, anytime that there's like a chance that this shit went down, I'm in. So, that being said, I'm watching The House Be Haunted, but there's one huge problem with the movie. If you saw it, you will agree. The father of the family whose house gets haunted was the guy from Office Space. The head guy from Office Space. The guy who was in fucking Swingers. He was in these movies. He was the guy who fucking, you know... 
got hypnotized in office space, worked at Inatech, dated Jennifer Aniston. How are you going to have this guy in a wig? Or if it wasn't a wig, it looked like it. But how are you going to have this guy that said the goofy shit? How are you going to have him in a movie? Okay, especially, I'm a comedian. Do you understand that now, I already love spoofs. I already love jokes. My brother, the same way, we have the same type of, you know, sense of humor, especially with comedy movies. Okay, for you guys that don't know, my comedy movies of all time, some Zucker Brothers, Naked Gun, you know, literal stupid humor sometimes, Naked Gun, like an Airplane, Dumb and Dumber. You know, I'm a big Farrelly Brothers guy, so, but but I love spoofs and, and silly shit too. I love. I know people have knocked me for this. I think the Wayne's brothers had some of the funniest. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood is one of, is is so hilarious. It's crazy. Okay, so now I'm watching this horror movie, and there is a major comedic guy, or at least in that movie he was, and like, you know, there's demonic shit in his house, and there's one scene where. <laughs> They show a picture of him and his family. And there was like six of them, I think. Or like seven of them. Or it was like, yeah, they're like five girls, five daughters too. So there's a picture of him like in this wig with like his hair blowing. And this goofy smile and all of his kids. And it's on the wall. And my me and my brother are the only two people in the theater. And we just start crying of laughter. Crying of laughter. And, and and my brother said this it was like it, it just seemed like this movie was screaming spoof. All I was thinking about was if Keenan Ivory Rain, Waynes was watching this movie, what he would do with it. First of all, the very beginning of the movie when they buy this house in Rhode Island, the house that's haunted, the dog doesn't go in. So like he's like, oh come on, the dog's name was Sadie. Come on, Sadie, let's go. And this dog is just sitting on the front step, looking in, shaking, like looking in as if he's saying, "Fuck that, fuck, I'm not going in that house." Okay, dog sense evil and all that. So now I'm thinking, after that happened, then we see his this picture with his smile, and it's the guy from Inatech. It's the guy, it's Office Space guy, in this insanely. Scary movie. I'm not going to lie. There were parts of this movie where I got the chills from fear. There's three parts of the movie that are so scary. I don't care who you are or how many horror movies you saw. It was scary. And it has a little exorcist to it a little bit. It's a scary movie. It really is. And the fact that it was based on some truth really keeps you in it. So I'll give it that. All those things. Good horror movie. If you never saw Office Space, you'll love it. But that screwed me up on the comedic side of things. So now I'm thinking of what the spoofs would be. So I lean over to my brother and we start talking about what the spoofs would be. So while we're watching this great horror movie where the two idiots just laughing and crying, which I usually never do in theaters, I frown against. I hate listening to people laugh in a theater for serious stuff because you're watching something serious, but we just couldn't help it. So one of the spoof ideas, and we were crying about it, was like, what happens if like through the course of the movie, and this would obviously be the spoof, but if in the, in the course of the movie, or during the course of the movie, like other people came with animals and they all stayed out. So now I'm like giddy, I'm tired, and I'm like, what if they brought a goldfish 
and the goldfish was swimming the other way and then all these zoo animals and then like reptiles and then by the end it was just all these animals who wouldn't go in but this family of six you know just went in there and sleep and we're just crying of laughter and I know I'm not doing it justice now but I hope I can paint a picture of when two people are like laughing and then they keep talking and shit that's what it was just so silly um other than that great movie and I know that sounds crazy this was the first time ever. That's why I really was excited to talk about this movie on the podcast today. Because it's one of those things where it is a good movie. And the acting was good. And there were parts that were so scary and petrified. And you thought of your family or your kids or how you would be. Or just like how scary it would be for to, to, to have that happening. And know something was going on. And all kinds of shit like that. But also just having this thing in your head where you just can't let go of the humor or what the humor would be and that was my problem and I have to be honest I blame it on the casting because that guy as great as he is and I hope he does a lot of work because I like him but being the father of a house that has demons possessing it and you were the lead in office space is just it didn't work didn't flow and there was a little bit of Hollywood bullshit at the end like, they couldn't just leave it with what happened to that family. They had to, like, add some Hollywood stuff with a little twist, like, in the end and stuff. Or Not twist, because there was no twist, but just with a little bit of, like, ah, oh, that wouldn't happen. Or I mean, I'll read up on it, but I doubt. Like, I, they definitely Hollywoodized it up a little bit where they didn't have to. So I don't even know how you take that review. Yes, go see it. If you didn't see Office Space, definitely see it. Because you could probably deal with the swingers. If you just saw him in swingers, you could deal with it. If you see him in office space, it's tough to take. And then you see his face in this picture with him and his family. And he's got this goofy smile with his hair. And he's like at the beach with his kids. It just it, it, it just was so hard to take seriously. But there were two parts of the movie. Three where I really jumped but two parts of the movie that my heart was like it was re- it was it was truly two insanely frightening scenes i will i'll say that so there you have it that's the conjuring so look at that everybody 121 i know it's been a while you know i'm i, I know that the unacceptable for the week i was going to do um I, you know, I wasn't going to do it because I was going to wait for you guys to send them. And please keep sending them. And I will do, we're, we're going to do it next week. We're just still trying to figure out and iron stuff out because, you know, getting the gifts out to, you know, the winners and stuff. We're, we're working on that. And I, I didn't want to. I got to talk to my guy and we got to do shit. So I'm going to do an unacceptable for the week. Unacceptable for this week is casting somebody that is so hard to take seriously because of a role that they did which was a very known or even a cult following comedy role into the father of a family that's in this possessed house is such a bad move unacceptable on the casting on the on the casting I think it's unacceptable you can't do it you couldn't put Leslie Nielsen in the next Amityville horror and I'm not saying this guy's as comedic but I'm just saying so I'll even go lower like even somebody like I mean who was in a I'm just trying to think of a, of a of a role like Ben Stiller's done too much comedy, but 
who I mean, even somebody like John Favreau, who was also in Swingers, but like there was there was parts of like John Favreau's been in movies where he was just such a goofball or he said things where you couldn't take it seriously. Like you can't have somebody that you saw on screen just being a goofball and saying shit like that and then in a in a in a horror movie where they need to do like an exorcism and there, and there's demons it doesn't make any sense speaking of demons when i came home from the movie last night there was an m night Shyamalan movie on called devil and i know m night Shyamalan's i mean it's been a disaster they don't even fucking mention that guy's name anymore. Like, you'll see his name on a movie, and it's not like when it used to be. Because after The Sixth Sense came out, I was like, M. Night Shyamala. They were like, M. Night Shyamala's doing The Village. M. Night Shyamala's doing The Happening. M. Night Shyamala's doing Lady in the Water and all these. And all of a sudden, they were all so bad that it just got to the point where, like, in fine print, it said M. Night Shyamala, and the director's name needed a billboard. <laughs> I mean, like, the producer's name needed a billboard. And M. Night Shyamala had this little thing because they didn't want to, you know, because it's been bad. But anyway, my brother's like, oh, this is movie Devil. M. Night Shyamala did it. And it's basically five people who are in a, a sky-rise building in Philadelphia, and they get into an elevator, and one of them is the devil. And, like, things happen, lights go off, and one by one they start dying. And you're trying to figure out the whole movie, who's the devil. And obviously at the end you do. And then there's, like, a little kind of cool little twist at the end. Everybody said it sucked and didn't like it. I gotta be honest with you. When I found, like, that was a, an improvement from a lot of M. Night Shyamalan movies. I'm not going to say go and like make it your business to see, but if it's on or it's on cable and you're watching it, I would definitely check it out. It was pretty good. It was pretty good, interesting. So I saw, so it was weird. It was like two devil movies back to back, but uh, Conjuring, check it out. Let me know what you guys think. Hope you enjoyed the review. It was just being honest with it. Uh, that's exactly how I felt. Now, a couple of things. Can't give it definite yet, but... It looks like, and this is a big announcement, everybody. It looks like um, me and some of my boys, some of my people, some of my comedian friends, peers, myself, are going to be doing a big show at the Terrytown Music Hall, everybody, which is about 1,000 people, close to 1,000 people. And it looks like I'm going to be doing that around the holidays. I don't know exactly how it's going to go. We did a... Um, Years ago, 2007, at Comics on 14th Street, which isn't there anymore. God rest its soul for a comedy club. But I did something called uh, Paul Verzi Home for the Holidays. And I did a holiday show. And I brought my friends. And it was a great time. And people loved it. It got great. It, it did. It got great reviews. It was great. Um, I don't know if that it's going to be like this. Because I think we're looking at like November. But it is going to be a Saturday night. Um, it's going to be a lot of... A lot of people there were hoping. We got a lot of work to do to fill the place, but I think we're going to get some really cool shit. There's going to be surprise guests and people coming through. So I think it's going to be like a really, really cool, great show at a very, very big venue. Very thankful and happy to do it. The date is not locked, like signed, sealed, and delivered, but it is. And my guess is it's going to be sometime in mid to late November, maybe a week before Thanksgiving. So kind of get that ready if you're in Westchester and you're waiting to see a big one man this is going to be good last time I was at Terrytown Musical I opened for Bill Burr there and it was amazing I've always had a great time there 
Uh, it's where if you if you know who Trevor Noah is, it's where he did his uh, his hour special, which is on Showtime now. So if you see that, you see uh, Trevor Noah, you look at the room. That's where it is. It's in a big big venue. It's like like I said, about thousand people around there. That's going down, man, and I'm looking forward to it. We want to sell a lot of tickets. We want to pack the place out, and we want to have a great night in my home in, in my in my home my home county in Westchester County. You know, I was born in Westchester. I just purchased a home in Westchester. I'm really looking forward to it. That's going to be a big one. That's going to be one that we want everybody to come out to. So I will definitely let you guys know when that thing is locked in. And we'll have a great time. Who knows? Might be merchandise. Maybe we'll get some we'll get some t-shirts printed up, something funny. Maybe we'll hopefully maybe actually by then, I don't know if this is definite, but my album might be recorded and ready to be sold. I don't know. We're working on that as well. So I will let you guys know, but I wanted to give you a little insight. Get ready for that. Check that out. I will probably in the next podcast or two we'll have it have it definitely locked down. So um yeah, that's pretty much it. Wow. Talked, rambled for almost an hour. I hope you guys enjoyed it, but I'm not done. I got some plugs. Um, basically, the plugs are this week. I will be at Tuesday night. I will be at Stand Up New York, uh, Stand Up New York on the 78th and Broadway. Then I will be also at The Stand, and I believe I will be at Stand Up New York again Um, my website has not been updated with all of the traveling and then the move, but my website will be completely updated by tomorrow night. So you could check paulverzi.com. I'm even going to try to put another clip up on there. So check that out. But, um, that is going down. Please, again, download the free app, Butterfly Radio, and check out. You can listen to full episodes of your favorite podcast. And please keep the comments coming on iTunes. They're building more and more and, uh, again, trying to climb the ladder with this stuff. If there's anything you guys want me to talk about, please email me. Get me on Butterfly Radio. Send me the thing and keep sending the unacceptables. And we're, we're going to be talking about the, you know, the winner and getting them a gift and doing that. I want to get, you know, you guys more. Now that I'm, oh, and here's another great thing. The new house that we bought has a downstairs office. So where I will be doing this show from when I am not, you know, traveling with it or whatever is going to really step it up and people will be able to come to my house as my guests and sit in the office and do it. So it'll be a much better, much easier to have guests, uh, amazing setup, an amazing place. So it's uh, it's all good, everybody. And again, thank you guys for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. Um, as you can tell, my voice, I've been running around. My wife gave me shit because I smoked a couple, too many cigars. Cigars are my thing, everybody. I don't know what to do. Is it bad? I'm saying it's not that bad to have, like, an occasional cigar. People are telling me it can be. I know with the mouth thing, but, I mean, come on. You don't inhale it. I don't do it a lot. Am I really, am I really in danger? Let me know. That'll be the next, I'll talk about that on the next one, but I'm loving the fucking, loving the, loving the cigars. Um, All right, that's it. Episode 121. This has been me, Paul Verzi, your host of TVE. And until episode 122, I am out of here, everybody. Thanks so much. I will talk to you guys soon.